the Podfix Network. Hello and welcome to episode 212 of the Filmmakers Podcast. This is a podcast where we talk filmmaking from indie film to studio films and everything in between. How to get them made, how to make them and how to try not to F it up in our very, very humble opinion. I am Giles Alderson and I'm delighted to have on as our special guest today, Matthew Butlerhart and Tori Butlerhart. Hello! Hey! Hello, Charles. Thanks for having us. Oh, absolute pleasure. It is an absolute pleasure. We're here to talk about your brand new film, Infinitum, subject unknown. And you said it the British way, not yes. the American way. Infinitum? Infinitum. Infinitum. I think that's what what they're saying. Right, well, that's kind of cool too. Either's good. Oh, yeah, either's good. Either is great. I can't wait to dive into that. Matthew and Tori Butler-Hart have been on this podcast before. They've been on episode 29 and 30, talking all about Two Down. Uh, So if you want to go back and dive into the past, there'll be links in the show notes. You can. Um, We'll probably also touch on The Isle as well, which was their feature that came out last year. And uh, they have made Infinitum or Infinitum, subject unknown, in the lockdown with just the two of them. This is amazing. We'll get to all that. I cannot wait. But before we do, we have a competition, don't we, boys and girls? Yes, we do. (laughs) So you've already heard about this. I forgot to plug it last week because I'm an idiot with the episode with Jessica Hines. By the way, thank you all so much for your support and love on that episode. Uh, And Jessica obviously is an amazing actress, but she directed her feature film, The Fight, her debut feature, and we dive straight into that, which is amazing. So if you haven't listened to that, do go listen to that after you've listened to this. But our competition uh, this week is we've teamed up with Greenlit to bring you this competition and it's a greenlit if you don't know is a crowdfunding platform have you have you guys done crowdfunding we did a, li- we did a, little. a little bit for the aisle but yeah we we yeah but to having someone like greenlit to be perfectly honest um would definitely have helped us quite oh, a lot yeah. to be fair yeah yeah it definitely would because what greenlit are is very specialized towards filmmakers it's you know indiegogo and kickstarter are brilliant platforms but they don't necessarily target for filmmakers greenlit is specifically for that and peter they're fantastic people they're really supportive so we thought we'd team up with them uh to help you if you want to do a crowdfunder at the moment and we're going to pick three lucky winners picked at random tomorrow picked at random tomorrow so this is the pretty much the last day and maybe tomorrow morning to get your entries in and what you win is two hours one-on-one consultancy with Peter Story and the Greenlit team. Two hours to talk all about how to launch your crowdfunding campaign. You also get half an hour Zoom with me. I mean, wow, you can talk about anything you want. I have no idea what that could be, but I hope it's about filmmaking rather than how you grow peas in the garden because I don't know. But this competition, that's not all. You don't just get me for half an hour. The three winners will also get free access to the rest of 2021, to all the events from our friends at Cine Circle. Uh, loads of networking events covering filmmaking and beyond and their women in film community and showcases, some of the most popular out there. But that is still not all, ladies and gentlemen. Everyone that enters can join a special free invite-only greenlit slash filmmakers podcast event called 10 Myths of Crowdfunding Your Film. Everyone who enters does get that. So you might as well enter. This is a free competition, everyone. So enter. Uh, it is the Filmmakers Podcast forward slash competition uh links will be in the show notes there you go competition plugged a couple of shout outs i need to do our co-hosts lucinda rhodes takra and ian sharp are embarking on the last week of their latest feature film code of silence this week so we just wanted to wish them a huge uh, good luck for the final week good luck you too hope it goes really really well uh, and also we have a shout out to um, Lee Preston, he got in touch about his crowdfunder that he's doing right now for his feature film, The Cabin Below a Diamond Sky. Uh, it's directed by Alex Colburn and written by Juliet Holmes, uh, pr- produced by Lee Preston. And Lee Preston is producing it. The film is about Kath. She's a mobile hairdresser and petty thief. And she must fight for freedom from a gaslighting partner. Now, as you know, on the Filmmakers Podcast, we always support indie filmmakers if you're going to get in touch with us and say you've got a crowdfunder say you've got a film that you want us to shout out we will do that lee got in touch and we are shouting out 
his film The Cabin Below a Diamond Sky. They are at about 70% at the moment uh, and they are very close to their target, but they need your help. Link to that is in the show notes. If you have anything you can spare, please do. If nothing else, go to their Twitter page and retweet it. Good luck, Lee and team. Good luck to you. Oh, and also next week we have on the director, Christopher Smith. He is known for the fantastic feature film Creep and for the amazing feature film Triangle. And he is on to not only talk about those, but to talk about his brand new feature film, The Banishing. So that's next week for you. How exciting. I'm super excited to get Matthew and Tori back on because not only have we co-hosted the podcast many times as well since, but they're such lovely people and wonderful filmmakers. And they have a book which is coming out uh, in the US in July and the UK in August. Obviously, we'll be plugging it then. And I'm sure you'll be back on to talk about it then. But give us a title. Full to the brim with fizz, ginger and fierce determination. Colon, a modern guide to independent filmmaking. We sort of did it as a working title. They're going to change that. Oh, no. No, they haven't. No, no. No, Just start with it. Keep it simple. Keep it it simple. (laughs) But also, full to the brim. What is that about? Yeah, totally. What is that about? Yeah, no, but what what is it about? What is your book about? It's not really a how-to of film making at all it's sort of more like this is what we did for the last two or 12 years or so and so sometimes it went right sometimes it went wrong but this is sort of what we learned so it's sort of a journey over the last decade or so from short films so it, it does take you through obviously you know uh, the writing side of things and then finance and making and pre-production making a post-production into festivals and distribution so it's kind of all of the bits it's sort of a little you know as much as we know we're not experts it's just this is what we've done and this is what we've learned so maybe don't try these things but maybe try these things I love it I can't wait for it to come out but look you two are a real inspiration in the filmmaking world and it's great you're in our world as well the filmmaking the filmmakers podcast bubble and I think it's really inspiring for our listeners to, to see and hear what you did I mean they might not be able to see it yet well no they can see it because it's out now Infinitum Subject Unknown is out now what platforms? So uh, so uh, as of yesterday so it's in the UK Ireland Australia and New Zealand um, and then so in the UK it's on oh so Apple so iTunes Amazon uh, Virgin Sky Rakuten that's Chili. how you say it Chili Anywhere that you can buy your film. It's it's true. But Infinitum, Subject Unknown, is out now. You can go watch it. Do go support because Matthew and Tori made this movie by themselves. Just the two of them in lockdown. I watched it. I loved it. I think it's a fantastic movie. So good. So impressive, actually, Matt, considering you haven't usually worked a camera it's not your role you don't you know do that to suddenly learn both of you how to you know work the eye work it and we'll talk about how you made it in a bit but I wanted to just jump back slightly as to why because obviously you've you know you've made two amazing films with Two Down and The Isle which have done both massively successful in my eyes because they're both brilliant movies and deserved it and maybe we can touch on the sort of the cinema runs you did on those as well um and then thinking hang on, how are we going to get another movie off the ground? It's always that difficult next stage because you want to go up a budget and you always want to do a bigger names in it and all that kind of stuff. And then you're in lockdown and you thought, what should we do? Should we make a movie? Is that what happened? How did Infinite Subject Unknown come about? We were actually, we had two projects that looked like they were going to go sort of this time yeah, One last of ours and year. one of someone else's. Um, and then lockdown happened and it, it all kicked off and we were a bit like, right, very unlikely that that's going to happen now. And also because both of the films needed sort of lots of people. Yeah. You know, big crowd sort of things. And actually both of them had sort of club sort of things going on. And there's no way yeah. that you could do it without having that you know one's a drag queen heist sort of thing like it's big you know there's like dance numbers and things like that like okay how we just can't we're not going to do that um with the current situation and maybe not for a while anyway um and then it was a couple of days into the lockdown that i suppose we were thinking no we should we we can work on scripts that's great and then neither of us are very good at not doing things actually i'll cut in here i was more than happy to do absolutely (laughs) bugger all for the whole of it (laughs) that is not true like on holiday you always say this and then you go i'll have settled down with my book on the beach and about an hour later we could go up there and (laughs) look at that and explore let's go on an adventure yeah um and then, and then I sort of because for for a while I've really wanted to sort of work with an iPhone, you know, we know before we've used Aries and lovely things like that, but just wanted to know how far you can push 
uh, an iPhone. Um, and thought, oh, well, this is sort of a great opportunity to do that. We've got a little gimbal, you know, let's stick on and see what happens. So I started going, thinking about this, um, I can't remember the order of things, but then I think we saw a tweet from Edgar Wright who said, I hope there's some indie filmmakers out there who are making use of the empty streets of London. I hope they're out there just filming stuff. We're like, yes, that's a good point. Well, I, I think we'd started writing by that point um, before you saw that tweet. I can't remember Because if that was a... you were like, we might as well try and do something. And then you went off on this tangent of... Um... I was thinking like a post-apocalyptic one woman's journey to go and find like her family or something like that, which is, well, I suppose in a way it sort of is. Yeah. But, um, but then I, rem I sort of thought about the work that we had already done. And we have a script called Infinitum, which we started right about eight years ago. And it's sort of huge, big budget, sci-fi stuff you see the parallel worlds you it's, it's, it's about the experiment yeah. the, the it's big, yeah. how the experiment started and the characters that you see in this film that ian and conleth play they're sort of much bigger roles in um, in the original screenplay then our manager gets sort of said to us can you by any chance kind of turn it into a TV series. So we went away and did all of that work of, you know, expanding the world and turning that into the pilot and da, da, da. And then um, we sort of got that into a pretty good place. Um, and because from your idea of having one sole character kind of trying to find their way, I sort of thought, well, actually, why don't we use one of the people in the experiment? So we just take one person who happens to be sort of lost or trapped in between worlds um, and she's desperately trying to find her way out. Um, and I think maybe that's when we saw the tweet about, you know, like yeah. go, and, go and film the, the empty world. And went, okay, so she's basically in, in this parallel world because um, in the experiment there are, you know, there are infinite amount of uh, parallel worlds. So in this one, there just happens to be no one else and she wakes up in this strange attic where there's no one else around apart from these sort of ominous zeppelins and people watching, that sort of thing. Um, so we went, okay, well, we'll use Edgar Wright's idea. Thanks, Edgar. And we just, yeah, sort of used that to help structure the story, I suppose, like the journey yeah. of what was going to happen with it. It actually, the initial sort of idea came from the short film that we wrote. Yes, which was, the, yeah, which was like 2012, I think. Yeah, and then that, that's, so it was oh. just a woman wakes up in the back of a van. Um, and she's basically in a time loop, and then you get a little message saying, if you can survive the next 12 hours, you can go. But oh, she doesn't realise she's in a time loop, and then, yeah, so she ever gets shot or killed, poof, she gets reset. That never actually happened, and then that was the idea for Infinitum. Okay, so who's, who's making this experiment? Uh, who, you know, what, how does this sort of work? So there's a kind of big governmental experiment that starts off as a small sort of science project, and then, of course, governments step in and try and use it as ways to... Um, uh, evolve, develop human evolution, basically. So, you know, the military get in there and they're finding subjects in different worlds to sort of put in these little time loops um, to sort of push them forwards to see how... You know, the idea is that um, ex people do extraordinary things in extraordinary situations. So if you keep pushing people really, really far, this is, it's all very quantum physics -y as well. So um, the idea is that uh, anything that can happen will and does happen. So every time you decide... It's like, you know, sliding doors. You know, you decide to go left there's a version of you which has gone right. So it just creates another universe, another universe, every yeah. choice you make. So, but the idea is that if you know this and you can sort of sort of see key that, then you can, yeah, you can key into that. You can um, sort of alter reality, basically. Well, you can choose, you can choose one yeah. possibility. And so therefore you can kind of dictate reality. And so the subjects become almost superhero-y because they that's can what change That's what the government, that they're sort of trying to get to. Basically. Great, and it's and honestly, it, it's it's wonderful. And I, what I like about that as well is it came from a short film idea that you had years ago. And I think as filmmakers, it's so important to write all these ideas down wherever it is and have them. And then, like you say, that time comes where you go, oh, we we need we're in lockdown, we're in COVID times. There's two of us. We're filmmakers. Let's go do something. You can look through that list and go, that's a good idea. Why don't we just do that? And then I imagine that's how you you both ran with it and went, we could do this. We could do this. Yeah. yeah, and we were just like, actually, we can stick her in an attic rather than in the back of a truck. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and she gets these clues from another world that lead her on this journey to, well, a journey of discovery, really. 
yeah, find out who, you know, who, why she's there, who she is, and how she gets out of it, basically. Which is great. So, so everyone knows. Um, Matthew directed and shot the film. Tori stars in it. You both produced it, obviously, because it's just you two, so you're bound to be producing it. Tori stars in it, and it was entirely written and shot during COVID 2020. Yeah, so with the first sort of four weeks of the um, of the lockdown, we were writing it. Hang on, the first four weeks, the first lockdown, you for that first four weeks, you already started writing it? Well, yeah, so yeah, so from day two of the being in lockdown, we went, right, let's do something. And then we had the idea, and went, right, so let's start writing. And, you know, normally we'd obviously want to spend a lot longer on the script. But, in four weeks. <laughs> but because we, we had no idea, like, you know, how long the lockdowns were going to happen. I mean, if we're going to do this in an empty world, we have to start shooting it. So we gave ourselves until... Like the last week of April, I think, uh, roughly to go right. We ha- whatever happens, whatever state the script is in, we have to start shooting then. Because you know they would do all those little announcements. Okay, three mm-hmm. more weeks. Yeah. Okay. And right. at that point, actually, we all thought it was going to be done and dusted within a month at the most, right? So you, so you were up against a time limit. Exactly. Yeah. And then they go, okay, so summer went, okay, so we've got to get this done by beginning of June, basically, is what I think we set. Yeah. And we do. I think that first of June was our last sort of shooting day. So then we had sort of four and a half weeks of. Of filming basically so um so we had two weeks in london and then the second half of it because the journey is that she's trying to get to this research center um and uh and we knew where we wanted to shoot that and we could have access to this huge jacobean mansion which was empty um because tori's mum uh is a, an art historian uh art history lecturer at yeah. this american college which we knew was empty but we didn't know at that point if we were allowed to do it. we weren't allowed to go there so we had to wait for the government to go Ooh, if you can do your yeah. job, go and safely. do your job. Yeah, the British film industry can start up if you can do it safely. Yeah. So, and we were like, well, it's just two of us in an empty house. We can definitely do that safely. So there was about a couple of I days. Think, oh, more than that, before we then went down to the country. Yeah, after, the after they announced yeah, it, yeah, then yeah, they yeah, went, yeah. oh, well, hang on, we, we can go. We to pack everything up. And just do it, which is lovely because you're talking about using places you know. And using um, equipment and uh, offices or locations, basically what I mean, that you know. And the fact is you guys went, okay, well, we can probably shoot in our house, right? I mean, that's where the attic is. Is it somewhere in amongst your house? So the flat below us, which is yes. owns, uh, has belong, uh, belongs to these sort of uh, older couples. So they were sort of trapped down in Eastbourne. So, we would, so a lot of it, it's down in their house. But then you sort of go back and then back up again into their weird asbestos filled as we discover later um attic but perfect you were like well hang on there's an empty flat plus with the loft bit next door where it looks down we can shoot that there plus we have this mansion type location up in oxford that as soon as we've got the time to uh, we're allowed to go shoot there we can shoot there so you planned it to do that that's great that's so clever and that's so important oh yeah we've sort of always done that realistically we've always because you know we both trained as actors um, and I obviously don't do that anymore, but you know, we didn't know another way of doing things. So we've always gone, well, here's the idea. What can we get? Okay. Now let's adapt it to the situation, either the budget mm. or the, okay. Okay. We can only get this much money. Right. Let's rewrite things or the location. Okay. So we'll, we'll base it on those. So all the places in the film, like, you know, the canal path and the, the called graffiti bridges mm. and things, it's all places that we've sort of known from our walking the dog basically um you know they're all in walking distance so we so we'd walk the dog and go okay well, this is a cool place we can shoot that okay so maybe she goes along here right let's write that into the script that sort of thing yeah i love that it, and it's so important for indie filmmakers out there when you're sort of setting out to think about that because it's all good and well to go we're going to do this sci-fi and we need suddenly your budgets go through the roof but if you go well hang on let's just whatever it is it might not be a sci-fi drama but this location works i can probably get that one off a friend or hang on we can shoot my basement or we can shoot suddenly you it opens up so many possibilities and you're writing a script around that which is exactly what you guys did right it's rather than trying to squeeze an idea like have this have this huge idea and then squeeze it into places we've always always adapted as we've been writing not we haven't written it and then adapted afterwards we found places and even with two down you know, years ago we would go okay so that'll be cool oh we can hang on maybe we can do that oh, in we cafe. know that block of flats we can shoot behind there yeah so okay yeah. so what, what would make sense to that? okay we can use that here so yeah we'd, we'd sort of write with all the locations always in mind so we just carried that on and the same with the aisle as well to touch on that a little bit obviously you, you had that aisle in scotland that you could use right or have access to yeah we found the yeah. island first and that sort of inspired us to write the story yeah. so yeah completely that way around so important so important so why don't 
uh, I know we sort of touched around what the infinitum subject unknown is, but if you could give the log line and then I can play the trailer. Okay, so infinitum subject unknown is a mind-bending British sci-fi. So in the world of infinitum, the, the paraverse or the multiverse is very much a reality that's being discovered, but it's being used as a place for experimentation, especially to further human evolution using unsuspecting subjects. This is where we find Jane, waking up in a strange attic with no clue how she got there or why. We follow her journey as she slowly pieces together a puzzle of what is happening and how she can hopefully stop it. But she has the added obstacle of being trapped in a time loop in an entirely empty world where every possibility can become a reality. In the world of quantum science, anything that can happen will happen. The exploration into the capability of the human mind is not a new one. It is only now, however, that we are able to see behind the curtain. Every choice you make creates infinite possibilities. Infinite possibilities. I'm trying to get to this research center. I don't know why, but I think it might help. of propelling human evolution to a staggering new dimension. What the hell have you done, Professor? There you go. It's it's really difficult, I think, to create this kind of because it's so important because this is the stuff people read when they go to apple or rakuten or virgin or wherever this is that you know they see the thumbnail and they go oh i like that because your poster is ace they see your mckellen's on it they go oh i like that um and they go oh i i think i want to watch this movie but then they might read it because someone else sat next to them might go oh i don't know if i want to sci-fi tonight or whatever and that little log line or whatever is so important oh i know Hang on, Actually, I'm trying to find. So look, Apple do, have nailed it. They've got a really good. Oh, have they? So yeah, so they said a mind-bending slice of British science fiction featuring Sir Ian McKellen and Connor Hill. Jane, Tori Butler Hart, is trapped in a parallel universe and is forced to find a way to alter her reality before it's too late. Boom! Boom! That's, That's very good. good. Well done, the writers of Apple. <laughs> yeah, actually, I think that was Bluefinch. To be fair, ah, okay, good, good. Yeah, that was well a good done, did they not consult you on it? Because yeah. probably they shouldn't have. Because if they had, it would have been this long old window. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what to write, kids. What we've learned because yeah, we have learned definitely <laughs> to leave certain things to people who are really good at certain things. Yes, marketing teams are good at marketing movies. They know how to do it. They know how to sell them. Sometimes we can get involved a bit too much, right, with that kind of stuff. Absolutely. Yeah, I think yeah. you're right. I th- actually, there's a masterclass. Um, that I really want to listen to. Oh, on the Masterclass app? On the Masterclass. This is, are we allowed to plug that? Yeah, <laughs> um, sure. I mean... Is it, I, they might give you some free stuff. Yeah, well, there is, the, there is the two for one at the moment, isn't there? We could go halves on it. Yeah. Oh, have you got it? Because we might do that. No, no we haven't got we it. Haven't, no, we, I did have it, and then... We I had it at the beginning, lapsed. and then... <laughs> lapsed. You, but there's this, this new one that's... <laughs> lapsed in my subscription. <laughs> yeah. There's this new one that's come out with um, Daniel Pink, and it's all about um, pitching. Ah. And I'm like, we need Yeah, that's something we to really need to that. get better at. That's good. Well, we've done a really good episode on pitching with uh, John Liversay and Aaron Scotty, episode 192. And he talks all about pitching. He's a pitch master. So that might be one to listen to. But yes, so it is, it's really important that we have a grasp on how we can sell our films, especially when we're doing podcasts like this or we're doing talks or we're doing interviews. But we sometimes we leave it to the experts because some people are very good at it and we have to listen to what they have to say, even if we're not happy. <laughs> no, but uh, even if we're... <laughs> no, but you're entirely right. You're entirely right. And we know that's like a massive. <laughs> It's a massive thing in our sort of our toolkit that we just really need to work on. Yeah, but again, it's not we're, we're so creative and we can we can get bogged down in our own sort of bubble sometimes. And actually, this is their job. People's jobs are to sell films. And if you've got a big distributor behind you, you're not self-distributing the movie. Then you let you know what what they're going to come up with. Because like the poster is really cool, but I, I imagine that if you'd had sort of gone, oh, and we want to do the post or we, you might have done something different with it right well we we did originally so we always get like a little t- <laughs> i thought you were gonna say no, no we did that <laughs> no 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 we did definitely did not do that no no but we always do like a sort of like a little teaser one so when i'm sending things out to distributors and people so that so that, i'm quite good at writing things it's when i'm talking about stuff i just can't be concise so i can i'll write like a really really good email boof here's some visuals and they go okay so mm. punchy like just really really short five or six lines here's a nice cool image 
boof, and that gets yeah. the ball rolling, and then they can do the clever stuff. But when I'm chatting in real life, I'll just ramble on like an absolute man. Yeah, yeah. Well, distribution on the uh, marketing and distribution is so important. It really is. And maybe while we're talking about that side of things now let's jump into that and then we'll come back to the making of because distribution for this is great like say bluefinch are behind it you know you've got all the platforms available you know it's on sky it's on amazon it's like you know it's everywhere which is which is fantastic that's what you want for a movie that was shot in lockdown released in lockdown everyone could go watch it now and that's amazing how did that happen how did you uh, approach bluefinch like you said you sent an email you just told me with, with your description and poster and i imagine you did that to quite a few and why bluefinch what was their take on it to be honest though we didn't at first because we started we did this and we to be perfectly honest we didn't think anyone would ever really see it uh, that wasn't the point really of it. It was, yeah well mm. because it, it was it was only actually it was our editor will it was only after a few days because even he was like okay fine those guys are you know we've known will for year, almost yes. two almost two 20 years now i've known yeah. um so he's like okay you know he wasn't working either I'll, okay, I'll, add, I'll edit their film because we'd I'll send him things. I'll play along. We were sending him footage every day because it was just the two of us. So he had to kind of check it was all working. Right. Did it make sense from a story point of view? Was it visually working? Was it even, you know, was it in focus? Not always. Um, you know, all that sort of stuff. Because <laughs> you're working on a quite a small screen. So sometimes you need, you know, it's really to hard to stuff. see. Yeah. Um, really hard. But it was, it was started off partly because of, of a way of, us keeping us just sane. keeping sane, to be perfectly honest. You know, we're not very good at not doing things, as we said. So, Okay, let's do this. And him and his and his brother Ben, who did the VFX, went, we'll just humour them. Great. And then after a few days, he's like, guys, this this is actually this could good. work. This could actually work as a film. And he was getting excited, and that's right. Um, and then and then we started just posting things on on, on Twitter and stuff, going, hey guys, we'll try this. We'll see what happens. Um, but we didn't, you know. So I wasn't approaching distribution people. And then they cut. Then Screen International kind of got hold of it, went, what on earth are Fizz and Ginger doing? Okay, can we have a chat about you just working through this stuff? Again, we're like, why not? Great, that's really lovely of them. And then your friend mate, of mine yeah, from who yoga. I do, yeah, from <laughs> yoga, who works for the BBC, Ian Rose, he came he sort of approached me and sent me a message and said, um, oh, I'm thinking of doing an article on people who are doing stuff during lockdown um can i talk to you guys about your film and so we were like yeah with bbc yeah, oh sure. yes it's bbc <laughs> and, it was great. and they, they actually and the weirdly they used a, a photograph of the james bond as the thing obviously they're like yeah. later down the, the, later down in the article they're talking about james bond but it said like being we, we made yeah being, but we made a film in in lockdown and the picture was was Daniel Craig James Bond? And I was like, guys, we, no. I just want to point out we definitely didn't do that. Um, but so, but it, it went all of, over the place. Yeah. That I mean, it was you know Australia, America, all sorts. So of people started getting in touch with us. To be perfectly honest, which has never happened before, we've always had to do the hard work, you know, of, of like approaching people. So we still had to do that. But then, so Blue Finch, who you know, because we've we're old now. We you know we've been around, so you know we we used to bump into Mike. He used to be a kaleidoscope in Cannes. You know, we would literally just bump into him into the road. Or, you know, uh, or the road. <laughs> Safety first, guys. Um, you know, have a quick, quick coffee. And then he's like, I'd love to see this. You know, we, we, we love our sci-fi. I reckon we can tell it. We're like, oh, okay, stuff's getting a bit more serious now. And then more people started joining join the conversation. So, of course, we were like, we should probably tout this around a little bit. So that's when so I got my little email and the poster and a few photographs. Uber simple, to be honest. And we just sort of, just um, started sending it out to people, and then we ended up going. Actually, we we, we really like Mike and uh, the guys at Bluefinch, so that's who we went for for the UK and Ireland, Australia, and stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. And was that before you had Ian and Conleth on board? So, so all the press was actually, yeah. and then then it was actually kind of near the end of the filming, or no, halfway through the filming, because so Conleth's part, so Ian's part didn't exist in this one. He did in 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 the big one, and then but Conleth's part was originally going to be played by my dad. dad. Um, Literally, they're like, mm. kind of like, oh, well, just that'll be fun. Um, and then we were like, well, hang on a minute. Like, as th- as people get more interested um, as we were filming, and Will was going, this this is decent, guys. We went, well, you know, we've worked with Connors before, we've known him for a long time. Connors, do you want to do this part? And, and as like, wonderful as my dad is, yes, he's not Connors. He's not Connors. He's certainly not Ian McKellen. No. And then, so then, so we've got Connors to do one little bit. And then, as we were putting it together, we realized. Because, you know, we always like our subtle filmmaking, but then we realised this has gone uber subtle and people are going to go, what the fuck is going on? Because there's not a lot of 
dialogue um, hugely. So we we did want to explain a bit more about the science. So then we went, okay, we need to give Conneth more stuff to do. So he's got a, another scene, then more voiceover bits. And then we were putting it together more. And then we went, well, we need to, we kind of need to explain a few more little bits about it. Well, let's go back to the original idea of having these scientists as you know, witness scientists, and maybe they're doing like a documentary. Because um, we didn't want to do like stuff on screen, as in like Tori's talking to someone on screen. We wanted to, her to be fully alone in this world. So okay, yeah. so so there's the throughout it, there's these little snippets of this documentary, sort of like an in-house, like a like you know the Scientology like a, do their own like in-house yeah, promo promo sort of yes. thing. Yeah. 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 So then we went. Oh well, hang on. We've also worked with Dean McCallan. I'm not. I know it sounds really easy. It's not. But as in like we we did just email him and go. Hi, we're doing this. Are you possibly around at all? Connor's Hill's doing it. We know, we Ian's know you fan. are, Ian, because it's yeah. locked down and yeah. you're not doing you're it. Not you're anywhere. not doing anything else, darling. And yeah, and but also, you know, we, we have asked him to do things before. Like he doesn't just say yes. Oh God, no. No, no. So luckily he just that found it really interesting. He's also likes Connor Hill as well. So we went, oh Connor Hill's doing it. Mm, okay. so be a little day of it. So yeah, so then we got Ian involved. But it was a storytelling thing, to be honest. Um we again we, we thought, oh, that's quite fun. Um, you know, they're very much cameos in this as well, and, and luckily we've all, you know, we've never tried to say starring Ian McKellen, even though the poster might slightly, might like slightly say that. Yes, yes. <laughs> just a little There's not a yeah. with Ian McKellen. It's there is. It, it is. is. It's, oh, it's, it's with the and, and Ian and Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, fine. Um, fine. But we do try and point that out to people that, um, and luckily, most of the press have said, you know, they're cameos, yes. which is good. Because we are going to get a little bit of backlash, I think. Um, so I do apologise. But yeah, so very much Cameron. But it was just a storytelling thing. We, and then when people went, well, hang on, Ian McCann's involved in this. Well, this is like a big thing. And we were like, oh, so it just kind of snowballed, to yeah. be perfectly honest with you. It was not our intention. And we went, we've known Ian. He's a friend. He's been massively supportive of us. He has. I've known yeah. him for about 20 years. Well, he was in the first ever short you made as a team as Fizz and Ginger, yes. wasn't he? Yeah. So That you were in. Uh, that well. I was in as well. Yes, indeed. <laughs> We should dig that up one day. I don't even. I, Will still have yeah, it. Yeah, because Will yeah, edited this. that, like I say, and and he's been involved with you guys for ages. So basically, you made this one by sort of asking for favors from people you've worked with in the past and said, "Well, look, let's do this for pretty much your no money, sort of your money, you know, just literally nothing." Yeah, we we made sure we we paid people to do the post production. Yeah. that's the only money that was so involved. We, just we yeah, we paid Will enough, and Ben and our composer Tom. And, and Pete, who graded, Pete it. who graded it. Yeah, well, that's lovely. That's really nice. But I imagine that was just out of your pocket sort of thing, really. I mean... It, we had we had a lovely... Um, yeah. So the guy who, who helped invest in the aisle. Um, I mean, we're not talking big money at all. It's really no. small amounts of no, money. It's like, yeah. you know, for what, for what they Micro did. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's miniature. Yeah, so, so he said... But, yeah, the lovely Anthony. Because um, it was actually really well timed because about a week before he started getting money from the aisle, I'm like, oh... Well, I wasn't expecting any money. Great. That's um, great timing. On that note, Anthony, um, we've got... Another, Could you yeah. put it straight yeah, back yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's when you hit your investors, when yeah. they start getting some return. Yeah. And you're like, oh... They didn't get all, they didn't get all of it. It's just like little bits. It's like, oh, well, that's, that's more than I expected. Oh, brilliant. Okay. Well, if that's, if if that's, that's the way that's it feels. that's how you feel. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but we, I mean, we are talking tiny money. This is not... Of course you are. Yeah, yeah. This isn't big. This is just like help us get through this and help us make this, which is so lovely. And the fact that you've got that relationship with an investor that's invested in your last film anyway to go, look, we're doing this. And this is a film that is much more likely to make some money because of what it is, because you made it for you know micro budget and because it does have Ian McKellen suddenly it goes oh well you can sell it in territories then they're inv your investor already it's sold in more countries than any of our yeah. other films and actually <laughs> interestingly amazing, because amazing. there's very little dialogue it also open it up opens it up to far more yeah, territories yeah so like quite because, a lot of Asian countries are looking at yeah. it so because um, <sighs> I'm on my own so like there's such little dialogue in it that um, actually you're Mr Beaning it basically aren't you yeah, you're Mr. Bean. Mrs. Yeah. Beaning Mr. Bean. it. It's Mrs. Mrs. Bean, Bean of the sci-fi world. <laughs> <laughs> this is amazing. I love it. And what's so inspiring about this is you just went, let's do this. And the fact is that now it's getting a really lovely release. It's selling more territories than your, your films before. And this was just something you went, let's just shoot this. So let's jump back to that. Let's just shoot this. Because shooting on an iPhone is not easy. Talk us through Tori uh, when Matthew said, oh, don't worry, I'll shoot this. And how did you both <laughs> learn to do this and what was going through your head at this point? To be honest, it was, you know what? Like, you we didn't never discussed this. This could be quite interesting. <laughs> this is crazy. What did you think, wife? What did you think, wife? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I, I didn't think it would look very good, if I'm honest. <laughs> Neither I, did I. I think, fair, yeah. <laughs> and the kit that we had, we had a gimbal um, and we used the um, Filmic Pro app. That, to be fair, was a change. Uh, not a game changer, but like, as in that... that Neither of us are very technical, so we obviously have to learn this yeah. and a lot of YouTube videos and things like that. Even yeah. to use how, even to use the gimbal and the special ninja walk to make it smooth and that sort of yeah. stuff. I didn't know any of this stuff. Really hard. Yeah. Um, and you did. You did a lot of work on just working out the technicalities yeah, of, of shooting. Well. Mm. Um, I mean, the whole light balance thing was just. I mean. Pfft, Lighting was a whole is a thing we've never had to at all ever think about properly. You know, from a creative point of view. Yeah, you've always had brilliant DPs with you, so it's it's wonderful as for directors. We can go, wow, what does it look like that? And you send them amazing photos and pictures and stills from other movies, and they kind of go, okay, I'll do my best with whatever equipment they've got. And, yeah, and I've always known it's really hard, but I I, pr- I fully fully appreciate how hard that actually is. You know, they kind of like, okay, I'll do it with a couple of lights. I'm like, okay, that's really simple. We had a couple of lights, and like, literally, it's just, uh, I, I, I genuinely like grey hairs were coming out by the end of it, just because, yeah, trying to shoot at night time, kind of going, okay, we need to make it realistic. So like, okay, the mo- the lights coming from the moon. And then you watch stuff, and you're like, hang on, that's not that's not what they do at all, because you need to be able to bloody see them in the first place. So it was yeah. it was actually, and there was definitely moments where you know, from me as an actor's point of view, I was like, okay, good, yep. Yep, ready to go. And then you were still fiddling with the gimbal, being That's like, "Why is like it that. not yeah. switching on?" I'm Why? ready. It's still drooping. I'm ready. It's not- <laughs> and there's like there's a little limp. And there's limp iPhones just hanging sort of off, like the hanging room, off this turning gimbal. itself off. <laughs> the gimbal. <laughs> Yeah. And I'm like, what is wrong with that thing I'm trying now? To ban- yeah, and that's what we learned as well. Because the iPhones, to be fair, I would genuinely happy shoot another film on an iPhone now, especially now I know more about it. But um, like, it's not great with bright light, so we had no. to get like a little what we call sunglasses, but like because <laughs> we didn't know the real name, little ND filter. So like, but also, yeah. So even when we were inside, like the, the light was sort of blowing out, and I realised that's when I, especially when people knew we were doing this, people started sending us like, oh, I made a film on an iPhone and things like that. I'm like. It, Great, but like it still doesn't look great. great. To be not in a bad way, but as in like you know, just because of the technical limitations. And then so we had to kind of work hard from that side of uh, that side of things. But you know, the, the ND filter is a, is a massive help. To be honest, um, well, we, there's no way we could have done it without no, the ND filter. No, not to make it look like how it does. But when we put the ND filter on, you then have these like weird. Um, kind of we call them ghosts ghosts there's like kind of like a reflection yeah weird light things right yeah yes. yeah exactly yeah. Like so bubbly. then we had to kind of like we'd put like bits of we tried bits to of angle it with cardboard to angle the nd filter and so of course that's reflect. put weight on the other side of the gimbal so that's that's stressing it out so then you have to kind of counterbalance it with which we like crop clips and dog poo bags. And <laughs> wait, wait, wait. That no, was yeah. just as a padding. That was a padding. Dog that was a padding. Poo bag. Well, no. But, but wait, this. No, not full. Not full, Giles. <laughs> um, yeah, so like, there's pictures of like what we actually had to deal with. It was just ridiculous. Oh, yeah, because obviously then we used tiny little Rode microphones. Because, um, you know, sound is as important as the visuals. So we, so Tori had the tiny little um, receiver and then a, a lapel mic. Um, that was probably our biggest expense. It was about £280 yeah. for these mics and the lapel thing. That's... As much as we... Oh, and the lights are about 200 quid as well. But then the other bit but, had to be attached to the gimbal. Yes. Well, to the, it goes straight into the iPhone. So then that's well, even more weight to put on... No, but then it, we oh, we yeah. taped it to the to the bit that you hold of the gimbal. But then there you then that meant that you had very little to hold on to. Honestly, it See, was... See, when you say it out loud, like, why not to the gimbal? There you go. It was... Is the phrase Heath Robinson... That's the thing your mum always says, but I never I really know. know what it is. Does oh, it's something to do with Robinson Crusoe, is. isn't it? You throw things together? I don't know. Wait, when it's like real hickledy, hickledy, ramshackled, kind of botch it and make it work. That's basically how we shot it. That's our style. Which is great. <laughs> but how great's that, though? The fact that even though I can, we can, everyone can image, you know, visualise this now, of this you know, iPhone strapped up with a gimbal that keeps falling and you've got dog poo bags on one side, cardboard on the other, a sort of a barn door with tape all wrapped around. The image of it, but yet you still made a feature film with it. You still went, let's persevere. Because that first few days must have been really infuriating when you'd sort of spent four weeks on the script going, we're doing this, we're doing this, learning about it, and then going, this thing doesn't really work how we want it to. 
I must have been really testing for you guys to think, shall we even continue this? And the other thing we discovered was because my phone only was a 64 gigabyte. Right. (laughs) Yes. It meant that you'd shoot for 20 minutes and then you'd be like, ooh. Yeah, because we were shooting 4K because we 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 knew that if it was going to go anywhere, we had to have as much information as we could could out of the thing to kind of go and be able to play with things afterwards and you know like a lot of the platforms these days need at least 4k for example as you know you know so we're like yeah. which is amazing the fact that a phone can do that i'm still you know shocked that a tiny little thing can can do this um which does make a difference but then we used so the filmic pro app as well if you pay for the extra bit the cinematic bit you can kind of go into uh, to log so we did that um so really flattened mm. it all down so then we could really play with the image afterwards as well so i think that's why so that's what steven soderbergh when he's the unsane didn't do so he, apparently he got some of his settings on on filmic pro app a little bit wrong he's learned oh right well hopefully yeah um, which yeah <laughs> um but like so to be able to do that so i think that so the filmic perhaps like 15 pounds something and then but for another 15 pounds yeah you get the cinematography bit so you can really control things a lot more so but considering it's like it's 30 quid but top tip use an iphone with a larger memory oh yeah sorry memory 16, yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. 64. because that was irritating wasn't it constantly having to kind of stop and offload well especially when you're out and about right you're out on the street you know you're out in your lovely locations that you had and suddenly you're going oh my god running out of battery battery for one thing but also running out of space so you mean you've got to take your laptop with you you've got to plug it in charge it download everything and each take is i suppose it's like shooting on film then in a way you go each take is valuable here we're gonna lose you know you know not only light but time energy yeah but, but then we were also at home. It sort of, on the flip side, it was sort of like, oh, we'll just well, stop, have a cup of tea. and Yeah, it sort of worked out because it meant that we could set... So we'd probably get through maybe a, a scene, mm. um, you know, the shortest scene, and then we'd send it off to Will, to the editor, Will, to have a look. So then whilst we were doing the next one, which is probably in the same location, he could look at it and go, yeah, this shot didn't quite work. Actually, this is a bit blown out. So we go, okay, fine, we'll just reshoot that little bit. Or Because also in the film there's... Uh, it doesn't matter if we spoil it or not, I suppose. As in, so Tori wakes, she kind of gets reset various times, but then we played around with things. So it means that there's various different sort of versions of Tori or timelines of Tori scooting around the place. So we, we also have to try and match the light from her journey for each one of those things. Yeah. So, so some of them will be slightly darker, some will be slightly brighter. So we have to sort of think about all that as well, which is really subtle and no one would ever really notice it, to be perfect. No, I didn't that. notice at all that. That's fantastic. Even think about that now. Of course you did, because Tori's now... The next, the next, sorry, the character Jane, yeah. isn't it, um, is now in another part, of course, moving around. So therefore, if you're shooting that, and there's right, bits where yeah, like yeah, she's, totally. she's cut her hand, yeah. so the, and the things like, so she's cut the hand, but then it's continuity, yeah, but yeah. it doesn't. But then she doesn't cut her hand until later. So you go, oh, hang on. So the one we've been watching isn't actually that version of herself. Okay, so trying to think of that and including the light and all that sort of stuff was a bit of a mind boggle. Yeah. This is this is amazing. This is like film school for you guys as well, learning on the job, but also you. Still, you're making a film that's being released so it's not like you're just making a little short in your room going okay well we'll put that on youtube or whatever or not put it out this is you going oh we're filmmakers here and, and i think that is sometimes the worry with people who have made films before to just go and shoot something on an iphone because you think yeah but the standard or that you worry about being judged or anything but uh, honestly you should be so proud of this movie because it's it really is fantastic it really is you know you've really worked so hard and you can see it but in a brilliant way it works it really is a delight thanks, thanks Charles it is a performance as well Tori is, is fantastic all your performances oh, that's <laughs> in there are really thanks, great Charles. really great it's great how did you because obviously you've got stunts in there as well and you've you know within that so did you just was it like your editor Will was wonderful Will was he saying okay well if you, do, you knew to do it like this and you can bring the car in here and you can was it all that kind of yeah. how did you make yeah, things like that split one? screens a yeah. lot of split screen stuff yeah and we did also use blue screen as well ah which we've never okay. done before yeah which is again so, changes the light on your you've got yes, to work that yeah, into that was exactly. and which we've never done before and again so yeah we had to do tests and we'd send things and they go great yeah but rubbish so maybe the light needs to be here so they'd, they'd send so they'd, they'd send us the thing back and go the light needs to be here that needs to be here and like 
Okay, that yeah, makes sense. That whole right. scene at the window where we had to pop the blue screen and then replicate the light coming from the window on my face. That, yeah, that was difficult. Yeah. Oh, well, come on, let, let's talk about this whole thing as being difficult because it's just the two of you. When people go and make an iPhone movie, if you like, you've often got more people to help. You've got technical advisors. You've got, you know, other crew members. But it's just you two. So, and again, Tori, you're in it every, pretty much every shot that's YouTube shot, right? Because Ian shot his stuff himself and Connor shot his stuff himself with obviously you were guiding them the whole time. So everything that you were doing, you shot, it's, like I said, it's still mind blowing. It's just the two of you. You know, when, <laughs> when me and Dan have done stuff for Food for Thought documentary and we shot on a gimbal on the iPhone and I understand those problems that keep falling and it's a documentary. We can sort of get away with it. You know, it's a doc. It's, it's a bit easier to go, okay, well, the light's not great or the wobbles or, yeah, all right, fine. Here you're going, no, no, it has to be smooth. You've got these beautiful gimbal shots. You've got these, you know, wonderful things in here. Drone as well. It's great. But again, it's just the two of you. Can you help our audience talk through <laughs> the difficulties here and the mindset you must have been in to, to keep going and keep pushing through on this. The great thing to be fair is because it was just two of us and yes we did have the time pressure if we don't know when things are going to unlock but also we didn't really have to rush. You don't have 40 crew yeah, so waiting on you. I don't know about you but like I always feel like there's like 40 people behind you and of course you've got breaks coming up you want to make your day all that sort of yeah. stuff you don't want to you can't you don't want to go over your time you hate going over time not because of pay just because we don't want to work people to the bone um <laughs> I just want to point out very happy to pay them um but uh, we didn't have that. So no. if something took longer, then we went, okay, we'll get tired. Let's go have a cup of tea and we'll just come back. Yeah. Have a Jaffa cake. Great. Let's keep doing it. So there were a few times like that. And so we didn't have that pressure. It was a first AD's nightmare. If we would have had a yeah. first AD on there, they would have lost their shit. Yeah. Because there's, def- <laughs> there's, there's, there's definitely days or there's even scenes that we we carry on the next day. Yeah. Which, you know, which I know is, is what people do. But as in... In this sort of situation, you know, it's sort of a pain in the bum, I suppose. But, but I um, mean, and we and we had our own jobs. So, like, I did all the um, production design. That I mean, of that. But you know, I'd always look at the shot and to kind of see what was in frame. Mm. Um, and then, obviously, costume, makeup, all of that. And the continuity was the main one for me because, like, as we've already talked about, because there are so many timelines. Um, and trying to kind of keep a track of that continuity was just a little bit of a brain fart. But and then you were just like, yeah, you were all all on the camera and yeah. I mean, so it got really frustrating, especially as later as, you know things got later and later, like those bloody stair shots and things, which yeah. is really small, but it was like trying to light stuff. But because we didn't have people waiting around, it sort of took the pressure off a little bit. Yeah. Like it's, it's almost easier. So so I I really want to work with the phone again, but like maybe have a really small crew, like five or six people, um, but do this kind of thing again, yeah. I suppose. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I suppose also because, I mean, actually when we first started, we didn't have any money at all, um, to, to be fair. So there wasn't any pressure from for, for that sort of thing. I, I think it's the lack of, of like not responsibility, but as in, um, you know, we didn't think anyone's going to watch it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Realistically, and we didn't think, you know, and it didn't really matter in a way. It was sort of this for us. It was learning. So if something was frustrating, I mean, you know, filmmaking is mostly sort of puzzle solving anyway. So, and we, okay, I want to learn more about lighting. I want to learn more about camera movement. Why does this move? What's motivating this? How can I help the scene? If uh, how can I help Tori's, you know. Or you know, the character's yeah. performance in the emotional state. How can I do these things? That's sort of what was driving me rather than we need to make a really good film. It's how can I learn, what can I learn to to really make this scene uh, better, basically. Um, so this was the first time I never I never did any, I, I never, <laughs> I didn't do any um, storyboards, which I've never done before. So it was just a shot list of that. Like, this is what we need to do to make the scene work. Mm. But then I allowed myself time to just play right. with things which I've never done before and some of the shots that I personally think are the best shots in it are the ones that you went oh I wonder what happens if I just stand on a stool and like swing my arm around and track while you're walking and you're just like oh my god we would have had a massive setup of like you know a dolly and track or a, yeah. a, a nice big jib arm yeah <laughs> totally <laughs> Um, you know, yeah, but then and also, but then also the yeah, crew behind that, that, and then you're like, ah, it's a bit of pants. Okay, well that's just ten people who've just wasted two hours of their time and things. You know, we didn't. You wasted thirty seconds. If it yeah, didn't I'm work. like, ah, yeah, fine. perfect. We've got so much stuff that was is not in the film, not really scenes, but like things that we tried, 
and you know, it just couldn't all be in it, but like, you know, some different versions of the shot, mm. but completely different. Like, okay, so I'll start here, I'll track around here, I can go out for here, blah, 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 blah. Um, yeah. yeah. And he's, so we've, I think that's, I think that's what the drove it, helped, helped us sort of Stay keep sane. doing it, to be honest. Because that's, it's really important having that drive, like you say, to keep going. And, and what also I think will have been nice is you sending it to Will and then him looking at it and going, oh, that works. Or does so you're already seeing it being edited as you're going, which means you can look at that and go, oh, if we did this shot, oh, if we did this, this will add something more to it. So suddenly you had that extra team member who wasn't there on set. It wasn't judging you for going, should we try this? Let me put it on the ground. Let me put it up here. And there's so much stuff that you don't use that's totally fine but like you say when you're on a movie set and as, as directors are very rarely on a movie set practicing with cameras and chucking them around so then you don't do certain stuff sometimes in case the crew will go what sorry what no mate you don't swing that around like that what are you doing whereas you had the perfect opportunity both of you to test and i imagine tori the same for you with the performance to go i'm just going to try something here right talk us through that as an actor you know I personally have hated watching myself back. And so if I've ever had the opportunity to kind of watch the rushes or anything, I'd pro probably erred away from it. Um, but this, I had to watch it back because also I was the only other sounding board on set for Matt. So he would want me to kind of review stuff with him to see if actually it was working or not. Um, so he didn't feel so alone in the process. So actually like the fact that I forced myself to kind of watch everything back was just a massive learning curve for me as an actor because I could see, okay, that shit, that's not reading at all. Or, ooh, too much, Tori. Oh, which I think is so important for actors as well, though, to, re re to, like, to, to take yourself yeah. out of it and almost like look at it, look at things like a director as well. Yeah. Like, okay, so why isn't this working? What piece of movement or whatever How can I do How do you use your body in the frame? You know, as an actor, you're sort of like, you get the chance to learn how to keep the frame alive. You know, so it's just sort of those little sort of... And because I guess a lot of it was no dialogue and I had no one else to react off. Um, so it it was all about reaction. It was all about my situation my immediate surroundings and how I'm reacting to that and how that reads on camera, which as just a lesson as an actor was gold. Yeah, visual storytelling for actors is 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 priceless and sort of not really taught. And it's only, it's only when you really start, you step onto the other side of the monitor and really start to scrutinise the movement and the piece. And as you said, like keeping the frame alive, it's, yeah. it's just, yeah, so important. Well, I don't know about you, Matt, but when I started to direct, it instantly made me a better actor because you suddenly went, oh, oh, what was I doing? Oh, you suddenly see things differently. You understand camera moves. You, it's like it opens your mind. And now, Tori, for you, stepping on an next set, even though obviously you've been involved massively in all the films you've made, it can only enhance you as a performer slash director slash producer, all the things that you both were doing. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I mean, I also tried to film one <laughs> scene because um, I was like, if you can do it, I can do it. So, I don't really thought so of you course didn't you can. say that, but yeah, okay. <laughs> so, so the, like, no, it's right, right at the beginning, one of the shots. So like we needed um, like some soldiery people, you know, just in case like torches yes. and stuff. So I, I, I yeah, did, going through the woods, right? Yeah. So I, yeah. I, I yeah. that yeah. have to be me. So we kind of wanted this POV. So that's our dog flapping our ears. Um, we, you know, we needed uh, like these POV shots of like, so maybe it's, you know, a version of Tori and there's the soldier. So the idea was that Tori was, going to do that running yeah i was running through and i was shooting my own pov <laughs> turned out that wasn't good enough <laughs> uh, you, well will sent that back to be fair he's like that was like it's really good dear it's really good <laughs> well would you mind no 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 no, 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 no. So, so we swapped so i ended up you ended up being one of the soldiers looking for yourself and i was you yeah. and I, in the end, is that how it worked because i did wonder how that happened because i thought oh tori must have shot this because that's not tori right but no no you, you put in a different outfit and ran through the woods okay i fine. think it was maybe yeah. a tiny bit where actually it was fairly still the camera and i was that was kept in i was allowed to shoot that while you were a bit more um Obvious. In, but there's in another bit, yeah, when you're in, in, in the van, but we all, we'd also we'd set it up on a tripod occasionally, and then we'd, we'd add a little bit of the movement in it. So like there's bits when when you're in the van. So I had to wander around with a torch outside, and then Tori's in the van. So we had to we had to put that on the on the tripod basically. Yeah. Um, 
and then add the little bit of movement to keep it because the whole I, thing is that's is, the bit at night when the yeah. light comes across yeah yeah yeah, yeah. how proud um, do you feel that you two have done this you've achieved this really we haven't really thought about yeah. it i think in a nice i think i think I think because it's it's slightly terrifying to be perfectly honest. I don't think I've ever been this worried about a film coming yeah. out um, because because it was just two of us and like and like the thing is I know what we did uh, not in a bad way but as in like what we managed to put together considering neither of us are technical it's kind of extraordinary. Mm. I'm not saying the film is or anything like that but as in like what we technically put together is sort of ridiculous for us. It, for, yeah, you know, people who know us we know we are not technical. Giles, you know even at the beginning of this this podcast us trying to work our own computer <laughs> and things like that ridiculous you know but yeah you shot a whole movie I love it yeah exactly 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 so yeah from that point of view massively proud but I think I think now we're slightly terrified of what well it's think. the yeah. it's, it's the worry isn't it when you release any kind of film that there's so many horrible people who just decide to write horrible things and we, even if a film is brilliant there's always some idiots some horror and I say that in the, the worst possible way because these people are idiots what else have you got to do with your life but give a shit review do you know what people worked hard for this fuck off jog on do one and I think whenever we put um, anything out there we are there to be judged and vilified and it just it does make us have a much thicker skin it does but I understand because you're putting this out you know, when people have seen your past work or whatever, and it's, it's like you say, we just shot this iPhone, please forgive us. But you should be really proud, you know, in my opinion. Oh, thanks. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, thanks. Good. That's all we wanted. We That's didn't, you we know, wanted. we were like, okay, yeah. this is not going to be the greatest film in the world, of course. No film is. It's not going to please everyone. We just wanted to stand up and people go, yeah, cool. I'll be very happy yeah, with that. You should be. Yeah. What have you learnt then? Obviously, you've told us loads there, but moving forward now, what are the things you learnt shooting on an iPhone that you could sum up a little bit for us? Or just shooting a movie in general? Oh, summing up is not a special, <laughs> but um, we'll <laughs> as you know, ram- yeah, more rambling, more rambling madness, madness but, um, please. Yeah, to be honest, I think the, the main thing that I, I well, I mean, learn lots of things, but one of the things is is for for me, it's movement of the camera um, hugely because I've always I, I like sort of older films like the seventies thing. So like the Isle, they've, they're quite static. It's more like sort of looking at sort of pictures or paintings and things and letting the actors you know play in there. But I think this really taught me a lot about the importance of like not moving the camera for its own sake but like really being in sync with the characters and like and being able to kind of help their journey sort of just with slight little movements or like the the, the kind of the angle things it just really really thinking about that more but I, I wouldn't know I wouldn't have known that until I'd done it and so sort of like I'd sort of sounds a bit wanky but I kind of felt whilst we were filming um, the scene, if that makes sense. Mm. So, and kind of to go with it rather than kind of looking at things so technically. Yeah. I had to sort of trust that that was going to happen, hopefully, if I'd set all the things right on the Filmic Pro app. Um, and then just sort of be fully, pro- like, properly in the moment, which is not like me at all, <laughs> to be honest. You know, to not have, not have a storyboard and just go with things was really liberating. Yeah. And I learned so much because of that. Like, forced myself to go, look, this is what I need to make the film work, the scene work. Now let's just play, and to do that, and to like be properly thinking in the moment rather than going on my storyboard, it says this, um, <laughs> which is my usually my my usual sort of style. It I don't know. I, th- I think I think I, it's just a better, much better film for it. You know, mm. if I if I'd done this with other things, I would definitely certainly do it. Not saying I'm going to be the camera person all the time, um, but just kind of understanding the, sort of the organic feeling of what the camera can do, I think. having it, Literally having it in your hands, even if you just, you know, your director doesn't do that normally, just to, to experiment with things, I think is just uh, just immeasurably... Um, Important. I'm going with that. Powerful. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's all right. I totally agree. I, the only time I can get hold of the camera, I love it. It, feel, you could, it feels this wonderful power, doesn't it? Not, I meant you're not empowered, but the power of the camera, and you can see it in a different way, even if the DP always does that, or the camera operator's got hold of it. it it's nice when you do it, and you sort of go, oh, wow, okay, it, it feels good. So the same with the iPhone. Whatever it is you're holding, and I imagine you had some sort of contraption around your iPhone as well, so that it, it did feel like that, and it really is important. I totally agree with that. It does make your mind think differently. And I love the fact you're free to just go, I'm going to play. I'm going to direct. I'm going to find things and see what happens. And that's a wonderful place to be. It's opened you up massively. I think I think it's great. Tori, what about same sort of question for you? What have you learned from this? I think as an actor, I've always been quite nervous about um, 
a sort of trusting my myself and my instincts um but also um shy to ask um uh, for like another take you know shy to kind of um be allow or allowing myself to kind of play and really explore um and so often you know there isn't the time necessarily for it um so you know very much often on set it's kind of like you know this is this is your moment you've got to hit it this now is the chance so it was so lovely to kind of have that indulgence as an actor to kind of go yeah actually can we go again can we do that again I I mean it shouldn't really be an indulgence like indulgence you know as in the the actor obviously like a massive cog in the wheel of the storytelling so I, you know i think and I, I remember from my acting days you kind of go okay okay cool okay, cool, okay we'll yeah, do yeah well, that's, I'll do that's that. fine okay, and then yeah. you go look i've had an idea now i've done it yeah just yeah just i think as actors of- we're so keen to please all the time um and uh i know i certainly am and you know to not rock the boat and not be difficult and mm. um which is all very important stuff and you should still be lovely and not an asshole but um you know <laughs> but actually this is this is your time to kind of do the best that you can for do for the job the, that you've been paid yeah exactly for to, the to for the film base, yeah and and sure, i think most directors would probably go okay cool yeah, absolutely. You know, respect that. You go, okay, if you think you can do something better than, not better, but as indifferent, yeah. then like an angle on the story, great, let's, let's do that. And also, yeah. if you don't, as a director, and if an actor comes to you and says, oh, no, 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 look, I, I think I found it, if you don't give them another take at that point, they, they might not trust you again, or they might not want to do that, and it's so important to let, even if you don't use it, even if you know and they know afterwards, oh, that didn't work, I'm so sorry, that's totally fine, because there might have been a shot in there you could use in the edit, there might have been anything, or it might be the breakthrough that the actor needs to find that performance for the rest of the movie. Yeah, so, exactly. So it's really important to do that, I agree, and obviously on indie films, there's often, a, even on you know big movies, there's often no time, but I think it's important you do that, same with the DP, same with sound sometimes you still, you've got to go sometimes you make the choice we haven't got time i'm so sorry this we could do in eight hours sound i really hate doing that but but if a performance camera move sometimes you should look at that so yeah i love that that's great wow i mean it's it's an incredible journey i love this i love that you've gone and made a movie in lockdown and it's still released in lockdown a year later almost to the day uh, almost God, exactly i almost think exactly. we worked out yeah i think it's about two days shy of um I think we started writing on the 25th of March or something like that. Yeah. That's almost to the day. That's a week before. Yeah. <gasps> so And again, also, later. the fastest we've ever, like, not just well, written a film, made it, and it's come out as well. We've never had anything. You know, it's usually, okay, so you make it and then have a year of faffing around. <laughs> okay, go to festivals and then, okay, not faffing around. No, no, around, it is faffing like, around. Yeah. It is faffing, yeah. <laughs> okay, is. so maybe we need to go to festivals so we can go get some yeah, reviews yeah. and then and then after that we can take it to the mm. distributor to, to prove that there's an audience, that kind of stuff. So it's, yeah, it's... A, Kind of it's bonkers, bonkers but it's wonderful for your next film it's wonderful for your trajectory and i think it's in i think it should have inspired many more people to just go do go shoot something because the more you shoot the better we become it's proven right you've learned so much from this whether you're better or not I, who knows but the fact is we feel good about ourselves from doing something and that just going out there and shooting anything is so important Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. And it's doable these days as well. I mean, you know, if, if genuinely, if I can do that, anyone can do that. <laughs> I, I, I'm not like no, no, trying no. to put down, but I like, you know, that's yeah. genuinely, if you have a phone, uh, we, you know, we had like a £120 gimbal, um, which is not hugely expensive considering what it did. And that's, that's what we had, you know. Yeah. It's, it's doable. It's not easy. I'm not. I'm not trying to make it sound like it's easy as well. Um, <laughs> none of it. None of this. Filmmaking is, is not it. easy generally, but it is doable. If you want to do this, you probably want to be a filmmaker, or you are a filmmaker. You can do this yourself if you want to. If you want to go make a doc, you want to make a short, you want to just go make another feature because you, you haven't made one for a while. You're struggling in the. T- you can do it. It's proven. Matthew and Tori have done it. Uh, Infinitum Subject Unknown is out now. It's super incredible. Go watch it. Starring Tori, amazing performance. Connor Pill and Ian McKellen uh, also uh, cameo in the movie notice that's a cameo for you there <laughs> yeah, just to make sure but to confirm they shot this by themselves in lockdown just the two of them 
incredible incredible and uh, links to this will be in the show notes do click it do support it deserves all that love and support you can give and follow the guys on their twitter page and say you listen to them on the filmmakers podcast and either you can't wait to watch a film or you've already watched it your twitter handles are uh fizz and ginger or i'm m butler hart and i am at tory butler hart yes you are oh well done yeah because i think the last time you didn't know did you <laughs> no no as infinitum, I think infinitum is infinitum su as in subject unknown. That would be nice as well if you like it. Do, uh, yes, do please do. But nice. also, That'd just be... go follow infinitum su at infinitum su on Twitter and Insta, or just uh, it's on Instagram as well. But yeah, I think it's infinitum subject. Great. Yeah, so do, yeah. regardless of whatever you're doing in your life, if you've listened this far and Matthew and Tori are giving you all this love and knowledge for free, the least you can do is follow them on these platforms the least you can do um amazing thank you everyone so much for listening thus far this has been amazing i've really enjoyed this i always love talking to you too and i love that you're part of the filmmaking podcast gang anyway by obviously hosting events and you joining us on the clubhouse um events which are every thursday at the moment you'll be joining us this thursday i imagine which is indeed absolutely perfect good so come and ask some questions there if you've got any more questions to ask about this because the film will be out there and you can watch it and then ask some direct questions please do clubhouse every thursday 6 30 p.m gmt time which is english time so therefore it'll be 11 30 uh, in hollywood land so come and join us on that um and also the wrap up is our weekly newsletter now which is going out every week which is a roundup of all the entertainment well, not all of them that's ridiculous We're not, <laughs> we haven't got that much time on our hands but it's just a nice wrap up of some of the cool news created by us uh, that you might like if you're not already signed up for that do sign up for it links to all that is in the show notes and our twitter page uh, at filmmakers pod uh, you can oh we're on instagram as well the filmmakers podcast loads of stuff going on on there you can follow me at Charles Alderson so do do that if you're not already remember you can go out there and make your indie film even on an iPhone just as Matthew and Tori Butler Hart have done you can go out there now and do it and if you're lucky enough to rise up and do well it is your duty to to send the elevator back back down boom you're in um thank you so much uh, matthew and tori you're both legends honestly thank you well done i'm so proud of you honestly really really oh, thank you really well, likewise yeah, likewise yes but uh, i didn't make a film in- yeah, oh, you I did. Did. yeah you did <laughs> the stranger yeah. in my bed i've literally just done some pickups on it uh, on thursday and yeah final pickups now it's all good we're going ahead with the grade and sound mix might be ready in time for can because they've moved that forward so we might just make that so super so anyway more news on that to come but for now thank you everyone so much for listening you're superstars go make your films make it happen bye matt my tour bye everyone bye Giles. see you everyone take care bye